I yeah, did, huh. however, see an owl today. We were walking around the park around dusk and wandering around, and all of a sudden, this thing comes flying, and we're like, "Ooh, what's a, ooh? It's a barn owl." Nice. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, but we think that's what it was because the bird book has a picture of it mm-hmm. that kind of looks like it. But yeah, I was like, "Oh, I could kind of see that. This is so cool." Yeah, <laughs> you'd you'd be more apt to see a barn owl than anything else and if it was yeah. white then a barn owl is going to be it because no it was grayish well maybe because it was dark it was gray i don't know yeah then it could have been just about anything but um did we ever get trisha i'm oh. here okay okay hi hi i was i was um writing a letter to I lost my charger for my headphones, and I thought I had it. And I keep finding all these char- these little charger things, and they don't fit fit my headphones. Ooh. Ooh. So I don't know what happened to it. So I just had to write to the company and say, hey, where can I get one of these? Mm-hmm. Well, the minute the replacements come, you'll find the originals. Right. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I'm afraid that's of. That's how it works. I'm lucky. The... The charger that I have for my Kindle fits my headphones. Well, I could go. Well, the, I tried my Kindle one. I, I mean, anything that I've tried, I've tried it, and nothing fits the set my headphones. Mm-hmm. So hmm. I'm a little bit lost. And I didn't realize headphones needed charging. Mine, mine are just always plugged into a thing. Mine's a Bluetooth. The Bluetooth uh, ones, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're awesome, yeah. though, because you're not attached to anything with cords. That's yeah, true. That's I got, true. And I got it for, I mean, I got them on a Groupon. And, well, my boyfriend got it for me on a Groupon. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then once I got them, my phone decided to, to die. Hmm. Well, well, not die, apparently. Well, the it did the upgrade to ISO 8. Mm-hmm. And when it did the upgrade, it killed my Wi-Fi and my Bluetooth card in my phone. Ugh. So I had to wait for a while oh, no. until to my to get my new phone because my upgrade wasn't there. I could have gotten got a brand new phone and I'm like, well it but it, it, yes, it was a pain in the ass. So mm-hmm. instead of buying a new phone and then going to my upgrade and getting the upgrade again and having like buy a new another new phone, I'm like, I'll just pay the extra ten dollars that I'm going to go over on my data plan. Mm-hmm. $150 to, $100 to $10. $10 was cheap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. So, now that I got I got the new phone, I got the, I got I got it connected to my phone and everything like that. And I'm like, it hasn't died on me yet, but I'm like, well, I probably should charge this thing. I haven't charged it in over a month. And, Whoa. Yeah, I, and I can't well, because it's been turning off for so long. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. So I can't find I can't find the charger for it. Mm-hmm. Your son has it somewhere. Probably. Yep. Probably. <laughs> That's okay. Mom came home. It Flurry has it. Flurry likes to steal things. That's right. Well, she takes yes. she returns them when you ask her. You need to yeah, talk to her. Right, and maybe find out where it is. Hey, Flurry. Flurry. Did Scott come back? I'm oh, cool. gonna take that as a no. You said it was seventy. Why are you cold? I said, "Oh, cool." I'm, I'm looking at my friends. Um, they did the yesterday. They did 
the Marine Corps Marathon, which I did last year, mm-hmm. and they're, I think they're eating at the same place that we did <laughs> at one point in time. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. We ate there. That is cool. Sorry. I'm looking through her pictures. I'm like, and my friend who went there, she couldn't do, she had some physical elements that she couldn't <laughs> She trained for over six months to do this, and she couldn't. She couldn't run it. So, Aww. but she went down. She went down to cheer on her friends. And I'm just. I mean, I don't know how hard. I mean, when you work for something for that long and you can't do it, I'm like, I don't know how she did it. I would have cried the whole time. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, that's tough. When you train like that and it doesn't work out. Well, we had a great big windstorm here. Blew down my oh. apple tree. I'm very Oh, sad. dear. I saw that. Yeah. Did you see the kiwis? I know. That was a lot of kiwis. That's just the like unit two less than are amazing. with all of them. Wait, you can grow kiwis? Yeah. Did you not see my mm-hmm. Facebook? There's no. like a million of them. Mom got almost all of them in the fridge, but we still have There's at me. least that many out on the plant. Dude, send me some. There's a picture of dozens, and I'm sure there are more. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want kiwis. Yeah. It's cool because you just put them in the fridge, and that keeps them hard. And then you take them out a couple at a time and let them ripen on the counter. And so we'll have them through Christmas or later. And they mm-hmm. they stay pretty well in the fridge. So Nice. Oh, I never knew that. Now I can yeah. buy a kiwi and just put it in the fridge and it'll stay there. Unless it's unless it's already really ripe. Ow. Because these are still pretty hard. Yeah. That's a lot of kiwi. Yeah, just a few. I posted on there that I always think of them as a tropical fruit. And uh, Kesa chimed in and said, they're not tropical. They grow in New Zealand. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um... Okay. So That's why New Zealanders are called kiwis. That's true. Because the fruit and the bird both come from there. Which came first? I have no idea. The kiwi and the, the kiwi did. Uh-huh. I mean, which kiwi? I know. I saw a great, a great funny cartoon the other day. It said, the duck was going to cross the road and the chicken stopped him and said, don't do it, man. You'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Usually he just leaves them outside the door. I love that about small towns. You just call up and you say, Hey, I need this. And they say, Okay, we'll leave it outside. You drop off the check when you get here. That's awesome. That works. The last time I went there, they had a brand new puppy. So that's always exciting to go play with the puppy. Puppy. We like puppies. What kind of puppy? I don't remember. It was an Airedale puppy. It's really cute. It's weird going Mm. to a place because it's, you know, like a house, but it's a warehouse on the side. And and they, you know, he says, just, the dogs are friendly. Don't worry about them. Just don't run them over. And, you (laughs) know, I pull in and these three great big dogs come running out at me. And I'm like, please let me out of the car. Please let me out of the car. But they were nice. And the next time mm-hmm. I came, there was a, a puppy that was with them. So oh, That's good. Mm-hmm. So anybody else, anything fun and exciting before we start, or should we just start? I took the GREs today. Yes. And how did that go? Um, a few technical glitches. 
But it wasn't as bad as the time I took my ACTs and I got accommodations for those. And my stupid counselor didn't tell me what exactly was going on. Mm-hmm. So I got there that day and they looked at me and they were like, well, A, you're late because nobody told me when to get there. And B, you're not on the list. And I'm just like. So you you showed up late and you you weren't on the list. Well, that doesn't help. Yeah. So I'm completely freaked out, but luckily things got settled and I did pretty well on my ACTs. Um, that didn't happen today, thankfully. I was all figured out. The the technical glitches were trying to get my Zoom text and all of that figured out. It didn't like... Well, we got logged in and I started trying to take the test, but the magnification drop-down menu wouldn't do anything. Ooh. And so I'm just like, can't read this stupid test. So yeah, we had to restart it a couple times and they... But it, it all worked. And I got my scores. I didn't do, you know, I was okay. But I'm just like, I don't have time or the effort, and I don't want to take this again. I'm just going to keep going. And now I need to go ask for recommendation letters and figure all that out. Because the U of M application is December 1st. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the other problem is a lot of my professors, I haven't, you know, really had any reason to talk to. Plus, I've been out of school for five years. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, some of the schools were like, yes, you can have an employer write a letter. But I'm like, I work for my dad. I can't exactly. (laughs) And none of my other jobs have been long term. Mm -hmm. Just because of the way things worked. I'm like, this is going to be problematic. Well, you could have your dad write it as the, you know, CEO of the company. Yeah. Actually, you could write Mm -hmm. it and have him sign it. (laughs) That's how things work, I'm sure. Yeah. She's great. I have to figure out something like that because um, I've started helping out with the youth group church, Mm -hmm. but apparently in order to do that, they need to have like a volunteer application form and approval thing. Okay. And so I filled out most of that. It's a blank form that they use for anything like that, so it includes like which committee you're going to be on and things like that. But yeah. I didn't worry about filling out the references part, but apparently I need references now to be a youth leader, and I have no idea who I would give as a reference lady? for that because I haven't. But well, mm-hmm. I would say that you could probably use some of your theater people, your theater like director or something like that, because that's. It's not youth, but it's working with different people and stuff like that. So that would work. And didn't you work with the church back home? Some, yeah. I did other things. Like I was helping them put stuff on spreadsheets and things like that. But Yeah. What about your landlady? But I suppose I could. Yeah. I don't know. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I, I volunteer, really except that, yeah. that it would rack up quite a bill on their part to call me. Yeah. Of course, I have sort of the same problem with you in, in that uh, the minister at my previous church is my dad. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> that does you know. cause yeah. these problems. I know. Oh, family business. Mm-hmm. Yep. I could get course, my sister to recommend me. She's done youth leading before. There you go. <laughs> See, if my aunt hadn't taken back her maiden name, I might be able to use her because then we'd have different surnames and it wouldn't be <laughs> We had the children's fair this weekend. It's Mm -hmm. always this big deal. And and they all go, I love my children's librarian. I saw him. He was the first person I saw. And I, of course, was in my Hufflepuff robes wearing hat. 
Mm-hmm. And he smiled at me and said hello. And he he was running it. And the person with him was Scooby-Doo, dressed up like Scooby-Doo. And okay. he said, I'm Shaggy. And I said, oh. And he had his name tag on it. And I said, oh, I forgot my name tag. And he said, well, I had to wear my name tag because otherwise I'm just some random guy in a green shirt. Nobody knows <laughs> that I'm Shaggy. <laughs> he was really cute. But I. Yeah, he'd have to go, zoinks, man. <laughs> They were giving out Scooby snacks, is what I heard. So I love that. Mm-hmm. But then I had to go to Walmart afterwards to get cat food. And so I was like, oh, do I wear my robes in? I, I didn't take hat because I thought that would be a little crazy. But I didn't, you know, want to go in just in the tie. It was it, So I wore mm-hmm, my robes yeah. into Walmart and got lots of fun stares. I'll probably be on some stupid Walmart this is what happened at Walmart, picture, but oh well. <laughs> there was I need to go find me an, a stuffed parrot, but the local grocery store's Beanie Beanie Baby collection didn't extend that far. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it was sad. I used to have one <laughs> when I was like two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had a little one that you... Um... It had some sort of noisemaker on the inside, <laughs> so if you shook it, it would make a little noise. So it would, it would like uh, sound sort of like it was chirping, but not really. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And, yeah, I don't know where that went. It's probably long gone. But obviously not here anyway. I have my boots and my various pieces of my Jedi robes. Cool. So. Oh. That'll all be available for Friday. I still haven't found my clip thing that Dad and I made that's supposed to let the lightsaber actually hang on your belt. Mm-hmm. Um, one would think it would be in the same place as the lightsaber, but apparently not. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens when you're being logical. Mm-hmm. So it's probably somewhere around here. Uh, we did a sort of cursory search of mom and dad's house when I was on the phone with them last time, uh, but they didn't find it there, so <laughs> I don't know. I can always carry it, I guess, if I don't have it mm-hmm. to hang on to, or rig I can something rig up. something up with twist ties or something. I don't know. Yeah, twist ties uh, are always good for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because I ordered it in October, they were no longer doing custom orders, mm-hmm. so uh, it could stand to have, you know, four or five inches lopped off the sleeves, but, uh, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Just pull them up. Mm-hmm. It'll Trish, work. Trisha, are you going trick-or-treating? I don't know. Big Argus, he wants to go as Hans and Franz, but Hans. he's trying to find a... You don't know who Hans and Franz is? I don't have a clue. No. I've come to pomp you up. Oh, those guys. Hmm. Yeah. I've it's never actually Saturday. seen whatever sketch that's from, but I've heard that bit. It's a Saturday, it. it's a Saturday, it's a Saturday Night Live thing. Okay. And it's Dana Carvey, mm-hmm. and I can't remember that the other guy, and they're in gray sweatpants and, and boots, and then they have the, and they put pillows in, into their gray sweatpants and stuff like that to make them look muscly. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to, it's like a Arnold, making fun of Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of thing. Right? Yeah, they're doing the Austrian accent. Yeah. I am Hans, like, and he is Franz, and we have come to bump you up. Come bump you up. 
And she goes, tell me now or tell me later. You were puny and stuff. So we were, so he, he's trying to get another buddy to do it with him. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't found anybody. And I have a feeling I'm going to end up being Hans or Franz. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with wait them. for the pictures of this one. Uh-huh. Pumping up with Hans and Franz. We're here yes, to double pump you up on internet. Could be worse. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you could be an Orion slave girl again. Uh, that wasn't even for that wasn't for Halloween either. I know it wasn't, but <laughs> I thought of you because Colin from Arrow mm-hmm. went as Fiona from Shrek. Oh, that's awesome! They put him in full Fiona makeup and sent him out to a party, and it looked pretty funny, but. Every time I saw him, I thought of you. It was the green, the green coloring. I had adventures yesterday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it snowed yesterday. I'm so sorry. It's in the 70s down here. Yeah. yeah it's 70s so here, too. It's sort of hovering around freezing, so it's all snowing and melting and snowing and melting. And uh. so the, like the lawns, people's lawns have snow on them, but everything else is just wet. Sure. Um, but I got up yesterday morning, and I didn't get a call from the lady who often drives me to church. So I figured, okay, she's doing some stuff with her husband. Some things had been going on there and such. So I would take my scooter out and drive down to church, and that'll be fine. Except it was snowing quite heavily. Um, oh, dear. And uh, so I drove to church and had... The tops of my thighs were soaked through by the time I got there. Mm-hmm. And then I drove to another thing where I was doing, looking in on a rehearsal for the next show that I may possibly be part of. And then Is it from there, favorite? drove back up to... Uh, hmm? Is it my favorite, play, my favorite play that you were saying before? I don't think so. It's... Um, Buddy Holly, the Buddy Holly story. Okay. I was thinking Les Mis. Mm. No, that I've still been fending off the people and not going uh, to try out for it because I want to go and see it. Uh, They're still looking for guys. I could show up any time and it would be fine. But uh, uh, no. (laughs) That would be fun. I'm sure it would, but I still want to see it, though. I so. know. Oh, it's awesome. And it would be a lot of work. I mean, it's they've been going for months, and they still have between now and February. And, wow. Yeah, so, yeah. They get that much time? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, uh, not exactly a professional cast, so, you know, lots of rehearsal required. That's cool, though. But, mm-hmm. But this one, uh, the guy who does the, one of the other theater groups in town that I did 9 to 5 with and such, spotted me when we went out to Tarzan on Saturday, because mm-hmm. uh, that was the last one that the college was doing, was um, Tarzan. That was fun. Um, apparently, the guy who was playing the MC in the last half of the Buddy Holly story uh, mm-hmm. has had his work schedule change and can't do it now. Oh. Uh, so he's hoping I'll come and do it. Um, and they're opening on the 7th. <laughs> so 
Wow, you'd need to learn lines fast. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping I can, you know, carry around a piece of paper because I'm an MC and it'll be fine. But. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking that would probably work. Mm-hmm. But uh, at any rate, I went to that and I was there for two or three hours probably. And I somewhat foolishly left the key in my scooter while I was there. So it was um, draining the battery a little bit as it went probably. So I drove most of the way. I drove back to basically where work is in the sort of main downtown just before you cross the railroad tracks to go east and get into the area that I actually live in. And apparently at that intersection is a place where giant puddles collect. And so not realizing this until I was driving over there, I drove into the giant puddle and sort of had to rock back and forth to get the scooter to go up onto the sidewalk on the other side. But that worked. And I drove along for about another half a block and then it stopped. And it was not going anywhere. (laughs) And and the battery still has power. It's showing in the green and the little headlight will turn on if I turn the switch and stuff. But it's not going anywhere. So I'm guessing some water got into the engine and something Mm -hmm. was unhappy. So I ended up having to push it for another six blocks to get in the general vicinity of home. And uh, when I was about three blocks away, some guy with a truck spotted me and... uh, we put it up in the back of his truck, and he drove me the rest of the way. Oh, so no, I did not have fine. to push it for 10 blocks, but uh, still. <laughs> yeah, that's a long oh, push. So it's um, plugged in on, under its tarp outside at the moment. Uh, hopefully oh. that will, you it know, charge up. it up and dries things out a little bit, mm-hmm. and it'll be all right. But uh, I took the bus today. like... Today was nice. Mom... Borrowed my truck, so I drove her truck to work, and she and Calvin went and got a half of scoop of rocks to put in the area behind the new garage. And they filled a quarter of the area, so they need to get three more loads. Needless to say, I won't have my truck again tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow it's supposed to rain, so they're going to get really wet when they do it tomorrow. Yeah, it's supposed to rain here, too. Yeah, it's supposed to get pretty nasty. We went to the soccer game Thursday, Saturday, and it rained, and then the windstorm came in. That was the storm that blew down my apple tree. Uh-huh. And the umbrellas turned inside out. People's chairs, if they weren't in them, blew away. And a whole bunch of people, because it was raining, had canopies up, and all the canopies went. Oh, yeah. So it was mm. fun, you know, watching the, the wind was picking them up and people were standing on all four sides trying to hold it down and it, they were really fighting it. So it was our mom and I, the chairs that we have have a cover on them and even those tried to blow away. So it, it was a pretty wild wind. When we got home, the gate had blown open and the chickens were all out. Uh oh. And the tree was down. So. We know it came through here pretty hard. And mom said that on her walks, she saw one of the trees across the way from us mm-hmm. came down. But instead of coming over the wall, over the road, it went the opposite direction and it fell into the forest. But she said it's an old maple tree and it has five huge trunks on it. So oh, that was oh. a big tree that went down. Ooh. 
Yeah. Glad it didn't crush anybody. I know. I'm glad there weren't cars, and I'm glad it didn't, like, block our road, because if the tree had gone down, I suppose I could get out of here, but it would be tough, because it would would take out our main road, and we'd have to go way up and around to get out. (laughs) That'll be a call to work. There's a tree in my way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're we're down staff. We don't have enough staff as it is, which is why I'm working double shifts tomorrow. So none of, nobody's allowed to be oh. sick. Yeah. Yes. No sick. No sick days. So, no sick days. Well, we've been doing this about <clears throat> half an hour. We should probably start so Trisha can go to bed sometime soon. Yeah, that'd be nice. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else want to start really? it? We're even worse than POV. <laughs> well, POV is supposed to Let's run Let's start the podcast. What? I can do it if you want. Go ahead. Oh, send me a link. Oh. Oh, here we go. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Who, who wants that? Are we on chapter 12? Yes. For Friday, March 13th, this is episode 205 of Potter Pick Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Dirty awesome fun. Dirty awesome fun. That's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? I was Sherbert Levin. If I start snoring, let me know. Friends Never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Uh, we're just having adventures. Yep. We're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl. I'll <laughs> Ooh, we're evil. I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. <laughs> same safe time, same safe channel. It's all snake. Can we find Trisha? I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Oh, Holy nice. shit! It's so funny. They're there to talk about the sector. They're gonna worry about homework Aww. later. Puke. I swear, yeah. I read the, the stories. <laughs> Sex and snork eggs. Awkward. I'm so good to have nightmares. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the original podcast in the Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha, and I'm still trying to figure out how to get my damn texting thing on Skype now instead of anything else. <laughs> okay. Sorry. And I'm Pissing Mooney. Me. Pissing me off. <laughs> Trisha's trying to get the thick open. <laughs> Oh dear! Wait, did the links they... not go through? Well, it says it's there, but when I try to look for it, okay, recent one unread. So I go there, and now, now. Okay, okay. You know, you know the thing, the part of your Skype screen with the little icons for us. Mm-hmm. Go to the bottom of the black part and move it up, because the problem is it's blocked. The text. It yeah, took me a while yeah, to figure that to out too, and then to you can open up the text, and then it'll give it to you. Yay! <laughs> as Trisha has okay. now discovered, um, this week we're oh. covering chapters 12 through the end of We Belong, number uh, volume one, by MJ2007 on fanfiction.net. 
And uh, I guess we'll pick things up and see where we're going for tonight. Mm-hmm. And we have George and Molly. So I still hate Molly. <laughs> so Alfred had some bad Skelligro that made him really, really sick. And all of this stuff happened. And because of that, Molly opened up to George and kind of told him, well, Molly's going to open up maybe. And so they're Molly and George are in the kitchen and they're going to talk. They're doing the dishes together. Mm-hmm. And he, the last thing we had in uh, chapter 11 was she explained why she'd been treating George poorly all his life because of this weird encounter with um, both Aunt Muriel and then Trelawney. And she asked, how can you ever forgive me? And he said, because you're my mother. <laughs> yes. That was I it. Know. I probably would forgive her too, but. But not right now. Now I'd be leery. Trisha mm. is, is not being forgiving. I am not a good Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm on your side, are. too. Good. This is the Slytherin part. Me. <laughs> well, I'm a Puff Slytherin, so we're, we're in the same boat here. Okay, good. I'm a Slytherpuff. The Slytherpuffs and the Puff Slytherins are banding together, folks. Look out! Oh, is that man. a hufferin? Something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like a bird. You know what? I mean, that's just that's just bad juju going on go around. It's it's kind of like the apocalypse cut, like dogs and cats living together and stuff like that. Oh, are you going <laughs> to go find that sound clip again? Man. I put that sound clip in just last week. <laughs> did <you? laughs> I did. And what, you don't have it saved in your stash now? I don't think so. I think I went, oh, I won't need that one again and deleted it. Well, of course now you'll need it. I know, I know. Well, you jinxed yourself (laughs) on that one. That's your own damn fault. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. (laughs) I sent the last podcast of Albus Potter off to the author last night. I really hope he's getting them because he's not responding to me anymore. Uh (laughs) Hasn't that happened before? It's always scary when you send them podcasts and then you don't hear back from them and you're like, okay, they hate it. Oh, he's so offended. Yeah. But last I heard, he wanted to do an author interview. So I'm hoping that we can set something up before we get too far along, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I did give him the option. So what to... was this advice I gave people? I hate when you need to go, oh, Trisha gave advice. I'm thinking to myself, shit, what did I say? <laughs> you had good advice, too. You did okay. it twice. Okay. I don't remember, but it's up in the FTP if you want to listen to it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the Actually, last time I, I think... remember you giving advice, it was I know, always take I'm your afraid. drink with you. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That was in, uh, oh... What was it? Away from the sun. Mm-hmm. I think, Trisha, that it's the one that's already out that you gave the advice in. Because oh, okay. I just re-listened to this other one, and I don't remember advice there. But you, I know you did it twice, and and it was it was good advice. It's always fun when you you know. <laughs> Usually, if it's something that I worry about, I I send you a message and say, "Can I put this in?" So. 
Yeah, you haven't done that lately. That scares me. Wow. <laughs> oh. I did it for Scott the other day. I said, Scott, you're talking about wandering around with your pants around your ankles. Do you want me to leave that in? What? Well, his back went out. Mm-hmm. That was the day when I was trying to tie my shoes and then I couldn't move anymore. So I just sort of had to crawl oh. around. Yeah. And uh, was- when I discovered I had to go to the bathroom, I managed to go to the bathroom, but then I couldn't get my pants back up. So... <laughs> He ended up just, like, crawling into bed, I think. <laughs> Poor Scott. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I spent the next couple of days in bed, I think. Uh-huh. That was all right. Yeah. Hey, aren't we supposed to be doing a fic? We're way off course. Yeah, 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 okay. Yes. So, Sorry. why now, Mom? George asks. And Molly says, well, last night when you were all ready to go out of here, you said something. You said that. I, you said, I'd been right about you being a fail, failure all along. And I may not have beaten you, but sometimes there are worse scars are the ones that you can't see. I can attest to that. That's a very, that's a very, um, what is, oh, it was, it was, um, Order of Phoenix and Mm -hmm. it was Pumphrey going, sometimes thoughts are more scary kind of thing that's what it kind of reminded me of yeah and it's Hmm. true i mean there's i mean oh god all right i'm gonna bear my little soul here um (laughs) i'm gonna have to send her a message to say can i really put this in the podcast (laughs) as everybody knows i am divorced and yes you can put this on the podcast i am divorced Mm -hmm. i have to say I was ver- I was very much verbally abused, and it was the big reason why I left. And I remember when I was trying to figure out how to get out and stuff, and there were times where I just sat there and I go, please just let him hit me so I can have a physical scar mm-hmm. because I can't show people the mental scars that I have then than just like where physical starts, people can go, oh, right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It did, yes, it does not make sense. I mean, yes, I'm in a different state of mind now than I was back then. But I remember just sitting there and just going, please just let him hit me. Mm-hmm. So I can just show people and maybe people can help me a little bit more than trying to ask. But mm-hmm. eventually I got out. But I digress, but I could, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, the mental scars are are more horrible than the physical ones. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I think happened to Harry, too. Like, um, mm-hmm. that's why I sometimes find the fix where, you know, Vernon's throwing him down the stairs every day a little bit uh, over the top, because mostly he wasn't abused in that fashion, but he was still taught to, you know, hide his how good he could do because he couldn't do better than Dudley in classes. Is that and, canon? Know, um, I'm pretty sure it came up at least once. Um, yeah. I'm not sure which book, but I'm I sure there was something about test scores. I think it's canon. You know, where he couldn't be better than Dudley because he could not shine him. Well, that mm. wouldn't be hard. No, I'm not sure if uh, it was Vernon and Petunia that did that, or if it was, you know, if he ever showed up Dudley in class, then his friends would come beat him up. Or mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, in, yeah. in the first book, he does say, you know, I'm good at maths and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But And we never really see that because we don't see Arithmancy. <laughs> right. No, we don't. <laughs> That's because Joe was smart and didn't try to figure out how that worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because she herself is not. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. She, Joe and I are on the same page with that one. And speaking of, and I know we're supposed to be doing a fic and this will be totally irrelevant when this um, podcast bitch. comes out. But Umbridge on Friday! Yay! <laughs> Although I'm kind of scared. But Joe is releasing Pottermore information about Umbridge on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. well, I am more than a little... Like a, almost a 2,000-word short story, I think I saw. What? Really? It's, oh, that, I had to be a short that. story. I can't remember how many words I saw. I, I want to say oh, it was my. 1,800, but I could oh, be my. wrong. Please, and I'm so pissed that she is in Slytherin. I am so mad. I know. We talked about that before. Mm. I know. She should have it been a Hufflepuff. It does kind of fit for her, though, because she's no, like, very doesn't. ambitious. But, but she is mm. ambitious, and she is And she likes cunning. to stay in the background. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but you know. she's scarily loyal. That's true. Yes. And Slytherins are not loyal. Well, you gotta think. She's but. not She's not scarily loyal because, I mean, she's scarily loyal to the government because at first it said she was very loyal Cornelius to Fudge. Cornelius is the one who gives her her power. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. She but still, why do the evil to, people She's loyal have to, to people who give her power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we need to have some nice Slytherins, too. So, supposedly Moody... Suppose, yeah, but he doesn't count. Supposedly Moody what? was a Slytherin. Mm-hmm. That could work. No, well, he doesn't count. Snape counts as a good Slytherin. He does not count he as a nice Slytherin. He only did it because it was Lily. <laughs> if it hadn't been Lily, he wouldn't have done what he did. There is well, There are very few worlds in which any version of Snape can be considered nice. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And either the, the podcast that we're just releasing, yeah, I think it is. It's Albus and the, the Badgers. We decide that Kingsley must have been a Slytherin uh-huh. because of something that happens. Nice. In there, mm. so. Well, you never know. There you go. I could I see like... a fair amount of Aurors being Slytherin. Slytherin. So to be like the Slytherin-Gryffindor split, and then they get the Ravenclaws <laughs> and Hufflepuffs in there to kind of uh, even now them out a little bit. <laughs> so Tom Cruiser's to even everything out, huh? Yep. Yep. And there'll be a Ravenclaw you know who just I does the forensic spells. And, you know. <laughs> and CIS. Mm-hmm. CSI. <laughs> I think Moody's a Hufflepuff. Well, that could work, too. Yeah. I don't know. He's a little scary, but, I mean, some of us can be scary. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if your eye got ripped out and you lost half your nose, yeah, you'd be a little scary, too, looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a leg. That's kind of what makes me and think he would be a Gryffindor because it seems like you're more likely to, you know, get limbs blasted off if you're charging in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But if we go back to the fic, because we're getting ready to have this epic fight here. So Molly has cleared the air and they're talking about it a little bit and George is, you know, pretty much forgiven her, but he can tell that she's still kind of mulling it over and she's beating herself up. And mm-hmm. he decides that that's not good. So he maneuvers out his wand and he sprays water from the sink right into her face. 
And she's like, George! <laughs> and she... And then she shoots him with the coffee grounds. Yeah. Down the front of his shirt. Uh, and they literally tickle him. I love it. <laughs> ah! Mom! And they start this epic food fight. Everything that they can throw yep. that doesn't cause pain. Flour, is- teaspoons, nosebleed <laughs> nougats are doing a conga. Yeah. <laughs> Until both of them finally give up at the same time and they collapse on the sofa, calling truce. And as they sit there grinning at each other, a water balloon explodes over their heads. And they're like, (laughs) And there's Alfred. (laughs) And here, yeah, Alfred, he's slightly pale, but he's smirking and he's got his arms crossed. And he's like, you didn't think I could do anything without magic. Mm-hmm. And they both look at him, and he's like, "Oh, did I cross a line?" <laughs> Whoops! Like, oh boy, you're in for it now. And he just starts tickling him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, you didn't! <laughs> and uh, off they go. Now I'm and- trying to picture George doing the little Z snap thing. It just doesn't quite work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. It, it, yeah, it's it was funny, and and through all this, to hear. Here comes poor Arthur. He's thinking they're killing each other. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Expelliarmus! It's last he knew they were fighting, so, you know. Grandpa, Uncle George and Nana are having a food fight. Isn't it brilliant? And Arthur's like... (laughs) He just starts laughing. Uh, Oh, boy. I'm sorry. I thought you were killing each other with coffee grounds. Really, Dad? Come on! <laughs> I don't know. Than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they have to clean up, but uh, it's still fun. They have a good day. And George starts singing uh, uh, Celestina Warbeck songs with uh, his own lyrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Molly loved that. And then mm-hmm. we scene change to three weeks later at his Percy's birthday party. And Percy comes over and George says, I have something for you. And Percy's like, no, you've already given me a present and I want this shirt. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's a goblin weave dress shirt guaranteed to keep the weather wear at the perfect comfortable temperature regardless of the weather. Yes, that would be nice. Wouldn't that just be brilliant? (laughs) Actually, I want gloves that do that because my hands are cold all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. George got him the shirt, but he's also got him a little something extra. Well, this is so cute. He says, I've been trying really hard to keep it hidden from you. And fortunately, Alf can keep his secret. And Percy opens it up and inside is the toy. Whoa, whoa. And mm-hmm. Percy's eyes widen and his mouth falls open and he says, you couldn't possibly remember. And George says, I do. Flashback. Yeah. <laughs> and we have George and Fred in the playpen and in runs Percy, five-year-old Percy. And he's got this round green toy in his hand and he's looking pretty defiant. And Fred's like, what you have? He says, it's a yo-yo. Look. And he makes it work. And he, I mean, he's a natural yo-yoer, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Fred and George just think this is way awesome. And he's shown him. And, you know, he doesn't get this kind of attention from the twin brothers ever. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, totally in his glory. 
And then, and then Bill comes in. Yeah. Because Percy has stolen this from Bill. and Sort of. Or Bill thinks he has anyway. I guess he he took it from uh, Arthur's workshop or something like that. <laughs> well, yeah. Bill took it from Arthur's workshop, and he couldn't make it go, so he threw it down in frustration and disgust. And Percy found it and can make it work. So now Bill's mad because <laughs> he's the older brother and he can't make it work. Yes. Oh, and, and being you know a nine year old or however old he is, he's mm-hmm. not really. <laughs> No, and he's pretty much a snot in this little scene. Oh, he's mm-hmm. spitting, spitting out the word muggle. It's a muggle toy. Muggle. Why you can't play with it? It's a muggle toy. And uh, and then he smacks Percy on the butt. Mm-hmm. And that is a no-no. Not done. Yeah. Fred and George are going to tell. The, yeah. That's the thing. You don't hit your brother, you tell mom and dad. <laughs> and then Bill pretty much blackmails him and says that he's going to tell mom that Percy took the toy out of dad's office, even though Bill did it, and that he's going to say that Fred hit. And so he's going to get everybody else in trouble but him. And they all know that he's supposedly the, quote, favorite. So they let it rest. Sort of. Because <laughs> the twins... Are the twins. Are the twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a little bit later, he uh, they caused some trouble. But I love this. Bill's bad. I liked your toy. Percy says, me too. I guess I'm a muggle. And oh. George is like, no muggle. You pussy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So the flashback's over and Percy slides the loop over his finger and it magically adjusts to the right size. And with this wonderful expression, he flicks out his wrist and just like with the old yo-yo, the old muggle yo-yo, it just spins down and comes up. But it also has miniature fireworks and sparkles and it plays the 1812 Overture. And Percy thinks it's great. (laughs) And George says, well, the music was Alf's idea. I knew it was missing something, but I couldn't figure it out. And the wilder the tricks you do, the more spectacular the light show. And so Percy actually draws in a crowd. He is just you know, having a ball with this thing and everybody's, you know, there. And here mm-hmm. comes Bill and he says, <laughs> you want to give it a try, Bill? And Bill's like, uh, yeah. Not my finest hour. <laughs> and George is like, what? Perfect Bill can't handle a little muggle toy? And Percy's like, this is no muggle toy. <laughs> this is an instrument of daring skill and dexterity. <laughs> Woohoo! Forged by the finest wizard novelty maker in all of Britain. Yeah. And George is like, we should have you doing our commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is funny because I don't imagine them doing commercials, but I could totally see him down in the shop showing off with mm-hmm. it. That would be a commercial. So Yeah. I suppose I they could have him on the... Them. The yeah, wizard wireless, I don't know. Yeah. They could probably like videotape them or something like that, or whatever how they do it muggle wise. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a 
and have it record him doing doing it, and it's like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't seem to have videos because their pictures move, but they don't have sound. Right. Only the portraits have sound. I don't know. Maybe they do by now. And he asks what they're going to do, what George is going to do about Alf's magic. And George says, I don't know. I'm going to get him into a good muggle school and we'll figure it out from there. Talk to Hermione because everybody just talks to Hermione because they think she, well, she is the know it all. She yeah. is the know it all. Yeah. But, and then, dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Drake, Draco comes. Yeah. Uh oh. And what is that Draco want? What does Draco want? But I like this because he and George have kind of forged a little something when Alf saved Scorpius. And even though Arthur's a little I'm just getting enough. a kick out of Lush Pansy. I'm sorry, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, isn't she lovely? Poor Lush Pansy. Oh. Mm-hmm. She's not a garden gnome in this one. But... No. <laughs> no. Draco probably wants to turn her into one after. Yeah. And just set her out in the garden. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Draco says, I'd ask to speak to you privately, but I don't expect you to trust me, and I... Expect your family puts less stock and trade in secrets than mine does. And Arthur's like, quite likely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Arthur's very not impressed. No. Draco being at the borough, but uh, George is, you know, willing to hear him out. Yeah. And he says, I don't think your kids should hear this, but it's about Alfred. And I really think uh, Granger, uh, I mean, Hermione should be here. So, Ron goes and gets Hermione, and Arthur says that he's very curious, because what possibly could Draco have to discuss with the family? And Draco says, I owe Alfred a blood debt, and I am ready to pay. Mm-hmm. And so, we have... Because not all the old traditions are necessarily bad ones. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like anything. I mean, there there's traditions, and I mean, everybody, every family, every like, they, there's some traditions that are meant to stay there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. everything's bad. Yeah. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's bad. Just like me. No. Yeah. Old. Come now. <laughs> You're not old. You're so old. Oh, I feel it. <laughs> Hermione and Ginny come back, and. Draco looks over at George, who's the only person that's really interested in hearing him. And he says to Ron and Harry, you saved my life twice at the Battle of Hogwarts and I never thanked you. And I didn't Mm -hmm. see much point in living at that point. But, and he turns to George and he says, I'm going to be blunt, but I'm going to beg you to listen to my story before you do anything. It's going about the wizarding community that Alfred is a squib. Is that true? And we change <laughs> chapters. Which is why we did not end on this chapter last week. Yes. Things get around like crazy. They do. Well, of course. Small town. I mean, Hogwarts, you knew everything within like an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a complete secret, so naturally everyone knows. But that 
that part, I, I rail about this on the, on the podcast, but that part just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Well, but did they really know what happened or did they just speculate mm-hmm. on what happened? No, Percy knew about the chess they set. They would have known something was going on. Mm-hmm. Percy knew that Ron so. beat McGonagall's chess set. And there's no way he could have known that unless somebody told him. Mm-hmm. Well, as I see it, there were video they, they cameras had, in the corners. Te- they had oh, the whole thing they, they going they, on they in the great hall. <laughs> yep. Anyway, um, George is surprised that Draco knows, but he says, "Guess we think well, he might be because there's some stuff that sort of seems like he isn't a squib, and yet other stuff he doesn't seem to actually do any magic, whether it's accidental or not." Mm-hmm. And he says, okay, well, you know that my family is, you know, not the greatest, and neither was Katie Bell's. And there was this pureblood maxim that basically means if there was some blot on the family or other, uh, they'd try and hide it and get rid of the magic, whoever this undesirable person was. They were born handicapped in some way. Mm-hmm. And what Draco thinks has happened is that Katie Bell's family has used this old potion to burn out Alfred's magic because he was the son of their wonderful pureblood daughter and the blood traitor Weasley. Right. So. But that doesn't make any sense. Well, it does because they didn't want blood traitor Weasley's. Well, it's just kind of, I mean, it's kind of like, um, with like Bellatrix and, and Tonks, they, they, she was pregnant with a werewolf's kid Mm -hmm. and you needed a lot that, that kind of, um, union out. Right. Well, and Ron's like, well, this doesn't make sense. Why would you... Just like what Mooney just said, why would you do this to a child that's born of two pureblood parents? And Draco says, look at my Auntie Bellatrix. She was scandalized and humiliated when Andromeda married Ted. Mm-hmm. And you can bet your bottom dollar that if she hadn't been in Azkaban... Which Tom- she shouldn't have been... When Tonks was born, that Tonks wouldn't have her magical powers either. She shouldn't have been in Azkaban when Tonks was born. Why not? Because she Bella didn't go to Azkaban until after Voldemort fell, and that would and then they would dro- tortured the Longbottoms in nineteen eighty two. Nineteen eighty two ish. Tonks was born about the same time Charlie was, and that was roughly seventy three. Okay. Well, in this story... But in any way, but yes. Maybe she was there for a while and then got out again. Got out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Well, they I couldn't mean, prove they could... she was a Death Eater, so they let her out after two years. I, I don't mean, know. Uh, she got off for good behavior. <laughs> <laughs> I do not see Bellatrix, Lestrange, and good behavior going together. I am totally putting in Bella's laugh right there. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, boy. 
And then can somebody explain Hermione's line? Because I'm just not computing. Well, they're they're still talking about as if this had happened to the Tonkses. If Dora had been born a squib, it would have been, well, see, my pureblood sister married this filthy Muggleborn and produced a squib, so obviously the Muggleborn is, you know, Oh, uh, I was looking at it all the way around and couldn't figure out. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah. So this potion, and, and this potion has 742 ingredients. Oh, wow. That's a lot of potion. This is a heck of a potion. And so it needs to be... Ah. Yes. <laughs> made that weird noise sorry you did <laughs> and okay my question is i didn't realize draco was that good at potions i just thought he was just the teacher's pet well i he acknowledges here that hermione's better he made it into slughorn's class and he needed at least an e well, yeah yeah and but the thing is, I mean, what? He had to get an O to get... We just don't know if he made an O to get into Snape's class. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Harry It could have gone either way. But the thing is... Okay, wait, yeah, wait, 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 we see Snape praising him, but that could be just because he's Draco, or it could be that he's actually got some skills. Mm-hmm. We don't really but see either thing, way. But the thing is, he did it, like, because Harry didn't know that he could get his... his uh, take potions, so he never got his books. Right. Would Draco already know that he... Well, Draco's dad was... Well, he's not part of... No, I think he probably had an O. We know that he was probably brewing Polyjuice Potion during the year that Dumbledore died because he was Polyjuicing Crab and Goyle. Into little girls. Into little girls. That just sounds so wrong. It is very wrong. Don't remember that. You remember the little girl with the scales? Polyjuiced, so I'm I'm making an assumption here that Draco made the polyjuice. That's Mm -hmm. a strict assumption on my part, but we do know that that he was feeding those two polyjuice potion. Everybody's making polyjuice potion. Good grief, Dumbledore! I, you know, I'm sure that Mm -hmm. he. Yeah, it wasn't him. It was Myrtle because she watched Hermione do it, so she. You know, talking through it. Yeah. Oh my god. Because we know that he and Myrtle had a potions geniuses. Oh. Okay, I just. Somebody I, please write a fic. Well, there is that fic that Death wrote about Myrtle and somebody. I, I think it was. Uh, I've read one where Myrtle and the ghost of Cedric got together. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, this is Myrtle and. Is it Draco? The Bloody Baron? It might be Draco. It's people really reacted strongly to that story. I'll have to go look it up and see. In a bad way. Yes, they gave Death Roll a really bad time about it. I liked it, but I tend to like stories. So, but uh, what I heard was people did not like the pairing. <laughs> oh so. God! I well now that I hear about the boys and being little girls, all I got was that damn Annie song in my head. <laughs> That's umbrage. That's totally umbrage. Totally umbrage. Yeah. We're, hey, we got a snort. <laughs> I would not want to be in an off orphanage run by umbrage. Some women are dripping. 
Lucky me. Lucky me. Look at what I'm dripping with. Oh, girl. Okay. You guys are scaring me now. We're just going to stop. Anyhow, let's get let's get back to the fic. <laughs> no, and they remade Annie, and I don't like it at all. Huh. I, like I thought it would be fun. I haven't actually seen it, though. I just saw the previews, and it freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Annie? I think it could be. Yeah. They, they modernized it. I don't like that idea. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen that one yet. Yeah, I think uh, Will Smith is Danny Warbucks or something like that. Yeah, and then... Oh. Oh, again, or is it Jamie Foxx, maybe? No, I think it was Will Smith. Jamie Foxx, yeah, it's Jamie Foxx. Oh, who played Hannigan? Um, oh, um... Drew Barrymore. No. No. Charlie's uh, Angel no. Girl. With Drew Barrymore. Um, yeah. Cameron Diaz, that was Yes! It. Yes! I knew it was one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm seeing a death roll fic that's uh, Sir Cadogan and the Fat Lady. Uh, so far, no Myrtle. <laughs> We're way off course. Yes, if we discover that the proper way to administer this potion is really early, so the magic doesn't have a chance to develop much. Mm-hmm. And um, they figure that with Alf, it was delayed which is why he can tolerate some magical things mm-hmm. but he doesn't express any magic of his own right and at this point harry says i know it's not my place but from personal experience alfred ought to be in here so george goes and gets him and comes back and draco gets down on his knees it seems to me <laughs> And talks to him, which I really appreciate. I, I like the the stories when the adults get down on the kids' level. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the teacher in me. Um, I can imagine that Lucius would never have done that. So oh, it's great. Okay, I'm trying to not be his dad. Mm-hmm. And he asks Alf if he has any memories of family or anything. And he says that the first real memory he has is when his sister was born. This is so sad. I know. And the stepdad is gone. And so mom's frantic and she calls somebody through the fireplace. And I remember that she gave me a milkshake and it tasted like honey. And Draco says, that's it. And Alf says, so I was born magical and then I lost it. Is there any kind of antidote? Of course not. And Draco said, well, people that are giving this don't want antidotes, but our professor, our potions professor said that there is always an antidote. And I'm swearing to you because I'm in your debt that I will not stop until I found it. And so then, Snape's not dead in this one? No, Snape's dead. Oh. oh, okay. Because otherwise they could go to him. I read the whole damn thing oh, and I was so excited. I'm sorry. Don't lie to me. And George, I mean, that just kind of stops everybody. And you do this, Draco? And Draco says, I need to. I owe Alpha Blood debt. But if I could have Hermione's help, 
then things might go a little better. And Ron starts to get all woo. And George, who knows his brother really, really well, says, if there's any chance of getting Alf's magic back, getting Fred's son's magic back, I'd move heaven and earth to find it. If you two can help. And of course, that's what needs to be said to get Ron on board. I just tell Ron about loyalties and he's like, okay. Yep. And Alf doesn't really know what all this means. But says, Mm -hmm. well, we're going to figure it out. And even if we don't figure it out, you're always going to be mine. We belong together. But I want you to go to Hogwarts. I want to be able to teach you to ride a broom and how to play Quidditch. And I don't want you to feel like an outsider. Mm -hmm. And he wants to know if this is going to work. Do you think they'll be able to do it? And George says, well, if anyone can, it's them. They're Mm -hmm. pretty good at potions compared to the rest of us. And But regardless of whether it works or not, then we'll work it out. Yeah. You would think George, George is good at potions, too. All I think is um, the stuff that he makes, like the canary cranes, nosebleed, no good, and stuff like that. That potion? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure the twins must be fairly good at potions. Mm-hmm. They sort of make up their own things. But maybe Fred was better. I don't know. Well, and this kind of thing, this is... They're going to have to... Um, I'm trying to remember back to my science class where we had to, you know, they they gave us this potion, for lack of a better word, and we had to figure out what the ingredients were. And we had like 10 ingredients and it took us forever. So finding 742 ingredients is going to take some time. And while I imagine George is a really good potions person, this is kind of different. George is the kind of person that makes up his own potions to do things. He, he can understand the yeah. science of what goes with what. Mm-hmm. To break it, to go backwards, maybe not. Yeah. and this. I don't think they have to um, discover the 472. I think Draco has that recipe. It's just they have to um, work out how to reverse it because no one's done that. So they have to sort of figure out what can counteract the things that are in this. And, yeah, it's probably the kind of thing where they'd have to, you know, follow something very exactly and get exactly the right a number of stirs and drops of this and et cetera. Mm. Whereas Fred and George are more sort of throw it in and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't want to do that with something no. this serious. I can't remember. It seems to me like they were going to have to break it down into each individual thing and then find the antidote for it. Okay, yeah. Although he has procured samples, I don't think he has all the ingredients, but I'm not seeing it. And maybe that's in the next chapter, Hmm, too, where they talk about it. And maybe I'm remembering it wrong. That's always a possibility, because I've slept since I read this. But that's how I'm remembering it. So, but Alf's, this is too much for Alf. Alf's just like, yeah, okay, you guys do whatever. Grandpa's got a magic or a muggle tent, and he says we can sleep outside tonight. Can can Teddy and I sleep outside? 
and George and Harry share a glance together and they share a significant look and decide that that's okay. Obliviate! And off they go. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And George says, don't blow anything up. And Malfoy says, like, you are saying that? Yeah, no, really? <laughs> And Draco's last words are, I'm not my father, Potter. And I Aww. swear to you, I will prove it to you all. Mm-hmm. And we find so out. So Alf is in his sleeping bag, mm-hmm. magically warmed in the little muggle tent. And um, <laughs> Grandpa has had a great time getting it up, which I can imagine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, and they have a little light that's magical. Teddy's allowed... I love this universe because Teddy's allowed to do magic. You know. Oh, you can do... It's kind of like Hagrid in his umbrella, you know. You can do a little magic. He's not of age. He's 10. No, he's underage, so it doesn't really matter. Well, yeah, I suppose. But... He hasn't gone to Hogwarts yet, so they haven't got the little letter at the end of term that says don't do magic over the holidays. Yeah, Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. it. So they giggle and talk, and and George has spelled the tent against garden gnomes, which I love, Mm. just in case. Mm -hmm. And Teddy says, "Uh, is everything okay? You know, I know there was this big meeting, and and you had to go in and everything, and... I was like, yeah, I'm not allowed to talk about it, but we're we're working on things. They talk hmm. about how even if Alf's the squib, it doesn't matter to Teddy because Alf didn't care that Teddy might be a werewolf. So. Yeah. And Alf was like, well, of course not. That doesn't matter anything. And he's like, well, yeah, but you're one of the first person people who's ever said that to me. <laughs> yeah. That's not been family. I mean, well, mm-hmm. he is family now, but. And, you know, you'll get to go to school and people will see you play Quidditch and all that and they'll like you anyway. And um, Teddy says, yeah, but I didn't have to prove anything to you. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to watch me play Quidditch or be good at classes or anything to start liking me. Yeah. And they talk about dads. He, and, you know, Alf has this confession. I wish George was my dad. And... Teddy's like, you wish George was the one that died? And he's like, no, I would, I want George to be my dad because dads have to love you no matter what. And Teddy thinks about it and he's like, you know, I, I get what you're saying because I sometimes wish that Harry was my dad. Oh. But then my grandma would be sad. Mm-hmm. What, Trisha? It just made my heart. I know. I'm feeling <laughs> Oh, dear. I go, it's so sweet in a good way. Is that the puking sweet? Oh, good. Teddy tells him, you know, you should understand that he really does love you. You don't know what he was like before you showed up. He's been having a lot more fun. And, like, he made Uncle Percy a toy. That has not happened. Right. Um, so. Oh, George. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But Alf still is worried that once George has his own kids, Alf won't matter. Because Aww. that's what happened to him before. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, George is having a similar conversation with Harry mm-hmm. about how he kind of wishes um, that 
Alf would be able to call him dad, but then that feels weird because he's Fred's son, and that's disrespectful to Fred, and etc. Yeah. And in the meantime, James is having a fit because he can't sleep outside with the big boys, and he's mad at Daddy, and then it's time to go to bed, and now Daddy has to come and tuck him up because that's just the way these things work. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's how it has to be. Mm-hmm. And so Fred is sitting up in limbo, he is. watching all of this and going, come on, guys, get your act together. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> George, we've always shared everything. Why wouldn't I share Alf with you? Come on. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yep. And George is like, or Fred's like, I haven't ever seen you here before. And he says, yeah, I'm usually with my mom, unless I'm on the other side. And Fred's like, really? You get to go to the other side? You ghosting, said? And Cedric's like, no, not really. I'm trying to save my brother. And we find out that Cedric had a brother. And this has gone nuts. Yeah. Dad's oh. nuts. Not even kind of... That's saying it nicely that he's not nuts. Yeah. I don't know that there's a way to express how nuts this man is. But he's... Is it bad that I just sparked a sound effect in my own head? Which is? From Aladdin. Iago going, oh boy, he's cracked. He's gone nuts. He's lost it. (laughs) (laughs) But we find out that Cedric's mother died in childbirth, giving birth to CJ. We don't know Cedric's, we don't know CJ's full name at this point. And that Cedric is going and spending time with his brother because, and he's not trying to save his life, but his soul. And mm-hmm. how old is he that his soul is in trouble? And he says, well, he's the same age as your boy. And to his danger, well, my dad's gone off the deep end since mom died, giving birth to him. And he's just angry and resentful at the world and everything in between. And he's using CJ as an instrument for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm desperate What's that to got to do it? with his soul? Well, because... Dad is crucioing him, which we'll find mm-hmm. out at the end of this chapter. So I don't think that's giving too much away. He well, wants the thing to turn is, CJ I mean, into just as resentful and uh, twisted as he is, mm-hmm. and it's not working because Cedric's there. Oh, you mean as a? Pre- oh, I see what you're. Okay, I was like, please, he's, yeah. the, he's the instrument of death. Right. Uh-huh. Yes, I remember he's that. The, he is the state puff marshmallow man. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Only you, Trisha, would come up with this. Can someone please go kick the son of a bitch? Yes. I, I told him that in Crucio him. Uh, mm-hmm. He, you know what? He replaced Molly's. Molly went down a peg and then. And he's. Yeah, um, now we hate Amos. He went on that. Yeah, yeah, now we're going <laughs> to Yeah, hate we hate Amos. Amos. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Molly was not throwing crucios around at anybody. No. No, she would never. Them across the head. Yeah. So basically, Cedric says something's going to happen. Your boy and, and my brother are going to be at Hogwarts together if they manage to get his magic back. 
And I have a feeling that maybe your brother's going or your son's going to be instrumental in my brother's life. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he gets this faraway look and he says, not again, daddy's just a child. And Fred's like, what? And Cedric says, he's crusoeing him again. I have to go. He'll need me. And Fred just feels sick. What kind of bastard oh. would use that on a child? On his own child, no less. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So and this stuff doesn't come up in the rest of the story, but it's going to come up in the next one in the series or the one after that, I think. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. come up with yeah. the next story. It's pretty much when... Oh, I don't want to say anything because I'll ruin it. Yeah. yeah, it's probably in the third and fourth. Ones. Yeah, yeah, definitely the third one. Yeah. So, but Fred kind of leans forward and touches the screen because he likes. So it, he likens it to TV. He goes and watches the TV, TV and and sees what's going on in his family's life. But he reaches over and touches the TV and he says, "George Weasley, if you can hear me." I give you leave to love Alfred as your own son. We've always shared everything. Why not this? Be his father. I trust him to you, and he will love you back tenfold. And then he says, my work here's done. And George smiles. Let's go see naked ladies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ladies, you're terrible. (laughs) So. And we're on to chapter 14, and Alfred is dreaming. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's dreaming that George is teaching him to fly and they're having a wonderful time. And he can, he's, you know, nestled in his arms and he can feel his heart beating against his back. And then he, as in all dreams, you know, they switch. And now he's back in his old home, the place where he'd grown up with his mom and his stepfather. And he gets off the broom and he goes in and he tries to find the key and it's not there. So he goes around to the back door, and now it's George's house. And George is there, and he's got twin boys, bright red-haired five-year-old boys that look just like him. And he says, hi, Uncle George. I got straight A's on my report card. George doesn't talk to him. He says, I can fly my broom now all by myself. And George says, you can't do that. You're a stupid squib. Why are you here? Am I stuck with you this weekend? And Alf deflates. Mm-hmm. I know. And, and then all of the uncles show up and they're all debating where he could possibly go. Mm-hmm. And Percy suggests sending him off to the foster home because that's what he wanted. Right. Uh, George. He doesn't anymore. Tosses him into the fireplace and just yells, foster home! And he spins out and he wakes up in this terrible, terrible funk. Mm-hmm. And he's taking it out on everybody. He's having a no good, very bad day. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's terrible. Horrible. No good, very bad day. He's going to have to move to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's where everybody goes. Right. Especially when you're having a no good, very bad day. So, finally, he... He sulked around and knocked over things and just been a pain. So Uncle Ron sent him to the stock room. And while he's in there, he's mad because Uncle, Uncle Ron said, What the bleeding hell's wrong? Is that kid's problem today? And he's like, Kid, 
doesn't even call me by name. Dead Fred's mm-hmm. son, that's what I am. I'm Dead Fred's son. And oh. he kicks a box. Yeah, but... And then he knocks a bunch of stuff over. Yeah. And then kaboom. And all hell breaks loose. Because... And it goes into slow motion because there's a bouncing firework. And he's like, no! And it lands into another box of stuff and just... I think that's how it always yeah. goes when you're like, if you're falling or you're doing something. You can see, it, to you, it's all slow motion. And you're like, why can't I get my arm out here a little bit faster? And I won't... And it won't hurt. Yeah. And... Now we've got fireworks bouncing all over the place and fanged frisbees are flying and everything is going off. Mm -hmm. And And they're playing the Marseille. (laughs) George and Ron run in and they're stupefying and scourgifying and trying to get rid of everything. And Alf has... The option and the thought to run, but he knows that that won't do anything. And when they all they have to do is ask you with the ask you on back. So. Yeah. And he can tell that the two of them are livid. No, really, I wouldn't have guessed. No. And thirty seconds tick by, and Ron just wants to say something, but he's deferring to George, and George looks like he's. Afraid of what he might say. And finally he says. How much do you think that inventory is worth Ron? And Ron says. 10,000 galleons. Going to be hard to meet our commitments to the French ministry. I love the French ministry. <laughs> yep. First time the French have ever commissioned their fireworks from the English. We're going to fail. Embarrassing the entire British wizarding world. And Alf yeah. just sinking in guilt. George says, leave us. And he says, Alfred, are you hurt? No, sir. <laughs> and the hand comes up to his face. He thinks he's going to hit him, but he doesn't. He just makes him look at him. How did this happen? Did you do it on purpose? And he says, no, no, I didn't mean to. I just kicked a box. I didn't mean for it to fall over, and it did. And one firework landed in with the footballs, and then it happened. Yeah. And George says, all right, why were you angry? Mm-hmm. And he just says, I'm sorry. And Yes, I know. I can see you're sorry, but tell me why you're angry. Did something happen? Did somebody do something to you? Yesterday was good, I thought, and, um, so finally he lets it out that he wishes George were his dad and he hates that his father's dead and he hates that he says I hate that I'm not anything more to you than James or Albus or Ricky and George is just shocked and mm-hmm. Albus just loses it he just mm-hmm. cries and sobs and cries George is like Shh, it's okay it's okay Ron's gonna think I'm beating you in here chill out buddy you know? <laughs> mm-hmm now, there's going to be a lot of work to clean up against after those fireworks, because you've got to do that, but it's everything else will be fine. Yeah. And in the last podcast, what we found out was that Fred and George had a conversation, and Fred basically told George, Alf's waiting for the other shoe to drop. He's waiting for you to get really mad at him and send him away. And here the other shoe has dropped. 
And George is really, really mad at him. But George is not going to send him away. And this is what Alf really needed to see. Mm-hmm. That. And George kind of him. uses that to um, bring it across to him. He says, you know, you saw that we were really angry. Why didn't you run? And Alf says, I just, I didn't want to be apart from you. I'd face anything mm-hmm. before I'd leave. And George says, that's what I feel like. Yeah. We're meant to be together. You're not just another nephew. Yeah. We belong. Mm-hmm. And Alf kind of acknowledges that, well, I still can't really call you dad, because even if you're okay with it, it would everybody else would think it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but George says, you know what? I'm going to push through the unadoption. And Alf's like, well, didn't you already adopt me? And he said, no, I'm your guardian. That's different. Adoption would actually make you make me your father. And then you would inherit and all of that stuff. <laughs> so, but in the meantime, you need to clean up this mess. And I have to call France and let them know that we have to withdraw from the contract. And Alf says, well, can't we make it anyway? I mean, I'll help a lot and we'll really work and we'll we'll make the, the contract. And George says, well, it's going to be a lot of work. You'll yeah. have to work with pretty much without any stopping for the next three days. Oh, we can do it. I know we can. I think I can. I think I can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do this. And they And that's what they do. Yep. And they spend a lot of time doing all-nighters and whatever else. And uh, they're completely exhausted three days later, but they send them off to France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love Ron. I hate to say it, but I think this product is much better than the first one. <laughs> yep, we always work better under pressure, says George. And, you know, I thought you might lose it. Hell, I was afraid I was going to lose it with him, and I don't even own the place. I think he expected to catch it as well. And he said, yeah, I'm glad I didn't, because it really was an accident. But, mm-hmm. you know. Had to count to 30 first, but mm-hmm. yeah, it worked. <laughs> Took 10 deep breaths. Yeah. And so yeah. then they talk about, you know, did you ever think you were going to get skinned alive? And. No, mom always would like, you know, struck us around a little bit, but she never anything bad. And Fred and George says, there were two times where I feared for my physical safety and not from dad, not from mom. And the only time that dad ever actually struck me was the unbreakable vow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Apparently, how the two um, of them... Yeah, yes. well, um, Charlie, Charlie has yeah. true, true, but still, they're gonna make Ron make an unbreakable vow to be their slave forever. Because mm-hmm. this is great fun, of course, with your little brother. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, after all, what's a death to a seven-year-old? Mm-hmm. And Dad caught him halfway through and had gone a shade of gray. George now recognizes parental terror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he just, I mean, he beat the snot out of Fred because that was the first one he caught while a horrified George stood on. And then George kind of got lucky because the initial terror 
had mostly gone to poor Fred. George yeah. got walloped a couple of times. George, uh, apparently Fred made a joke that uh, mm-hmm. his own left buttock was the way to tell them apart. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was a little flattened. Beaten yeah. so hard. <laughs> and they never gave up Charlie's role in the whole thing. Although a few days later, they turned his hair bright green with silver stripes. <laughs> right before right the before first day of youth credits. <laughs> yep. And uh, I'm pretty sure Arthur picked up on that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and the what pair of seven-year-olds are going to look Why is Slytherin always the bad thing to do to people? Well, when you're a Gryffindor, I know it's, it's so sad. It is kind of sad. And the second one, I almost wish he'd beaten us, but he didn't. He just lectured us. Was when we put the dung bomb under Fudge's brand new Wizard Space <laughs> Ministry BMW. Whoops. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which was referenced in a chapter last week, Mm -hmm. but I think that's what he and Fred were talking about. And someday he's going to grow up and uh, put a dung bomb under your boss's car. And George said, "Well, I'm my own boss, so you know." (laughs) Problem. Yeah, and you know, Fudge didn't know they did it perfectly. Fudge had no idea. He thought the car was defective. Nice. But Dad knew, and he took us to the tool shed, and he glared at us, and then he said, what would happen if the if he lost his job, and how Ginny would have to be given up for adoption, <laughs> and how they'd have to drop out of school and go to work, and, you know, Mom would ha- not be able to put food on the table. He said, we were nearly begging him to hit us before he was done. And he said, that's the last time we pranked somebody without thinking of the consequences. People never thought we did, but we always made sure we fully understood what the ramifications of any trick would be. Even if we went forward with it afterwards, we knew what would happen. And Ron's Mm -hmm. like, Umbridge? And he said, oh yeah, we thought about that one. I will have order. The flying car? George actually winked. Did Dad ever tell you that was his idea? (laughs) Interesting. Because he knew what was going on, but he couldn't do anything about it, so he sent the kids. Of course he would. Mm -hmm. What? Yep. Because they they can get away with something. Mm -hmm. Or he can't. But what... But really, did they get in trouble? Yeah, they, they went and denomed yeah, I'm, I'm just going to rant about that bit when we get to book five. Okay. <laughs> Ron says, Hermione will kill me if I stay up another night, so I'm going to bed. I'm going home, going to bed. Take care of yourself and your rug rat. You're going to bed, right, Ron? Oh, chicka wah wah. Poor. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's pretty tired. He may not no, have They've had three straight with. days of uh, fireworks, so, you know. He might have to sleep first and then do his bump chicka wow wow. Bump chicka wow wow. <laughs> I did finally isolate that trick show. I actually have you doing that for <laughs> in my sound clips now. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. We have the old one from James, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He he makes Alf's feather light and carries him up to bed. And Alf's like, you could have just magic me to bed. And he says, yeah, but I like carrying you better. Aw. Yeah. 
<laughs> and we change chapters again. Mm-hmm. And this so is George it. has arranged the um, the adoption mm-hmm. right Yay. after he shipped off the fireworks. And the second thing was something that he'd been sort of thinking about in the back of his mind, and it finally came to him when he was asleep. So he went out. He has to go up and talk to Percy, and Percy apparently thinks it's a great idea. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so there, it's a week. In a week, Alfred's going to start wizarding school with the kids, and George had it's wizarding day school for the kids that are too young for Hogwarts, and George is kind of talking talk to the teacher or the principal so they know what was going on that he might be a squib and Teddy goes there so he'll have a buddy and everything's fine and they're back at the shop and mm-hmm. Alf's carrying out a box of woe-woes and Ron's like or I don't know if it's Ron or George careful with that yeah I think it's George, George. And yeah because Ron comes you know. barreling in two sentences later yeah. Geez, you blow up one box of fireworks and you're branded for life. One box. One, huh? One. Ten. Yeah. We'll store them. Who's counting? Who's counting? And then, you know, Ron comes barreling in. Get the hell out of here, both of you! And they just freaking stand there. Well. What? What's going on? Sometimes you know what? I remember when I was little. We went over to my girlfriend's place, and we were watching, like, Jason or whatever the Stephen Massacre thing was. Shame on and, you. Well, we were watching with their parents, too. Oh, well, okay. Her, her parents, especially my girlfriend's dad, loved playing tricks. So what he did was oh God. Got, her, got her brother and his cousin, who was, like, 6'2", and they dressed up like Freddie and Jason. Oh, they came to the big picture window because they lived in the middle of nowhere. So they had no neighbors. I mean, when I say they live in the middle of nowhere, I mean, they live in the middle of nowhere. So they had no curtains in the front room. Okay. And so they come in dressed up like Jason and Freddie, and they come up to the window. They didn't do anything. They just tapped it. Tap, mm-hmm. tap, tap. I remember looking up, and I had my girlfriend to the right of me, and I just kept hitting her. And hitting her. And hitting her. <laughs> and I couldn't say anything. My mouth was open like a scream was coming out. And I couldn't do anything. And I was just hitting my girlfriend. And she's like, what? She goes, George, what the heck are you doing? And, I'm like, and I pointed. And well, I, I couldn't say anything. And then she finally screamed. And then I finally screamed. <laughs> And everybody else laughed because they're and then, mean. And then all the other girls, it was like, you know, you know how they say about it. It's mm-hmm. like a group reaction thing. And we're finally all like, then we all tore into her, her room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have gotten so mad. Mm-hmm. That's why I won't watch scary movies with my family because during Alien or something like that. Oh. My dad reached over. My dad was sitting behind my brother. My brother was on the floor in front of him. And he reached over with his hand and he covered his face just as the alien exploded out of the lady's stomach or whatever. Oh, God. Yeah. He grabbed him. Scared my brother to death. I I don't watch scary movies. 
Nuh-uh, mm-hmm. you can't make mm-hmm. me. Mm-mm. Ryan had to hold me down to watch Blink. And it wasn't that scary. Yeah. He didn't really. I only watched the funny ones. He made me go in there. So, anyhow. So, they're staring at Ron, and Ron's, and Ron's like, just do it. Apparate to Bill and Fleur's. It's safe. They're not on the flu. It's still a secret. And George is Everybody's like, going to Bill and Fleur's. I know. Just I know go! <laughs> and so he... Mm-hmm. And Fleur has no idea what's going on. Mm -mm. Ron had some sort of news from Draco, and he needed Bill. And she was supposed to take care of them, but she doesn't know what's going on. And George is just pacing. Mm -hmm. And swearing. Mm -hmm. Is he swearing like the Christmas story day? Yeah, he says bollocks. (laughs) And what about, you know... Al finally drags him outside and says, she said Draco was involved. You don't think he's gone bad? And George says, no, he's serious about that vow. And he just, you know, he's yelling, will somebody tell me what the bloody hell is going on? Because mm-hmm. this is Harry, Ron, Percy, Bill, and Arthur have shown up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't appear to have anything wrong with them. So he's just mad instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently they're in trouble because Lucius has found out about Alfred and told the Bells. And now they're hunting. Wait, but they knew knew where he is because they knew of him. Right, but now he's being paraded around the Wizarding World as a squib. And that is a blight on the Bell family because a child of their lineage is a squib. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to say anything about them making him the squib, mm-hmm. but nobody should know about that. So they have to put on this show that, you know, this cannot be. So they've taken a contract out on him. And they've taken a contract out on George because they know if anything happens to Alf, George is going to kill him. So they might as well just kill him first. Mm-hmm. And... Is that yeah. some strange arcane language I am unfamiliar with? With what? Taking a contract out on somebody. It's not a strange arcane language. It's That's what you do. You take a contract out on somebody. That means that you're hiring someone to kill them. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, 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 okay, okay. Yeah, it's not like they have a piece of paper that they've taken out of a drawer and this will cause them to die. Uh, <laughs> no, they've hired somebody to kill them. It's like a mafia thing. Like a hit, yeah. they mean, you mean they got a hit man. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that, okay. That's why um, another word for hitman or assassin is contract killer. Because mm-hmm. you've had somebody say, I will kill this person and sign the contract. And, you know. I thought it was tying George and Alf directly to the contract, and I couldn't figure out what in the world they were talking Okay, okay. No, that's. That cool. makes more sense. <laughs> so, George is like, so do we just stay here? Of course not. And that's not going to work because they don't know how long it's going to take. And and this, you know, and this might be where it talks about, um, I'm trying to read it to see if. Well, they're saying, you know, if they can track them down quickly enough, they could stay at Shell Cottage, but they're already antsy. And Bill thinks, you know, if... They stay in England. 
then the whole family might be targets Mm -hmm. because they're trying to draw them out. So what the Bells are really after is to not have Alf be obvious in the Wizarding World anymore. Right. And so Bill's idea is maybe they should go somewhere else. (laughs) Bulgaria. No, no, that's not right. So they're going to ship him off to America. Yeah, because Alf says, well, maybe I should just go. And George is like, no, you're not going anywhere without me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So here comes uh, Charlie and and Hermione. And so Charlie gets to meet Alf. And he's like, I didn't think I was going to have to meet you under these circumstances. But I'm really, really glad that I'm getting to meet you. And they decide that they're, they're going to uh, go to America. Hermione's mm. got got lots of contacts out there. And I love it. She's sending them to 123 Pineapple Street <laughs> in Salem. <laughs> yeah. USA. Uh, which is where... That's the, a real address. Yep. The, yeah. It's where the American ministry is. And, and they'll be there and keeping an eye on them, but... George, you'll never see them. You know, they're sending him to the... The muggle section of Salem. Because the bells would never look there. Right. And Alfred but, won't stand out. Mm-hmm. But George might. George is going to have to learn how to do this without doing magic. He can do magic yeah. inside the house, but that's it. And he can't be obvious about it. Mm-hmm. And One of the bits we skipped over, I just kind of like their um, security questions when George mm-hmm. and Hermione show up, or when Charlie and Hermione show up, is, Charlie, what color did Fred turn your hair? Bill Bill asks, uh, what color did Fred and George turn your hair when you were 12? And George says, hey, how did you know it was us who turned his hair green? <laughs> well, who else would it be? <laughs> yeah, really. Who else would do a thing like that? It's decided, and George is George has been sucker punched. And he puts Alf to bed, yeah. and he's laying there, and he's thinking to himself, "I've never been alone before, and I have never been away from my family. What if something happens, and I need to talk to them? I need parenting advice. What if Alf gets hurt? What? What? What?" And he just, he doesn't know what to do. Oh, but first, I guess we need to do the the joke shop first. Also, um, their secret identity is going to be the Weatherbees. Mm, yes. <laughs> Sorry, George and Alfred Weatherby. Yeah, and they're there because their wife just died of cancer or his wife just died of cancer. And so, and he's a writer which is a good cover for him because he can't run the joke shop. And Hermione says, but you might want to sign something that leaves somebody in charge of the joke shop because you can't run it from there. And Percy looks at him and goes, you didn't tell him yet? George is like, well, I was gonna, but he told me to run and I had to go and I haven't had a chance. This is his second idea that Percy Mm -hmm. thought was great. He's signed over. Half the a business third. to Ron. He's 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 an official partner now. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and they also put a third of the business in trust for Alf. 
so that because George was the only one, if anything had happened to him, then the triple W's would have been rudderless. Mm-hmm. So Ron's just flabbergasted. He can't believe he's done this. And George mm-hmm. is like, no, you've been doing more for me. Even, you know, he keeps remembering things that Ron's done for him all of his life. But after Fred died and after the funeral, you dragged me to the shop and convinced me that Fred would kick my butt if I didn't get it going. And if you knew I was having a bad night and I was going to go out and get drunk, you'd find something else for me to do. And you've just always been there. So the shop is a third yours. And there isn't anybody I trust more to take care of it while I'm not here. Yeah. And so they're going to pack things together. Mm-hmm. And George is sitting on the bed and he doesn't really know what to do. No. No, I mean, you gotta think this is a yeah, like you said before, I mean, this is scary. He's never been without someone. I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really know how to pass as a muggle because for all that Arthur likes muggle things, he's never been very clear on what exactly they are. <laughs> yeah. What makes Well, it's just, I mean, it's the whole idea of having to use non-magical stoves to cook and the telephone, the felitone and, you know, all these different things that he's always just used magic for. Yeah. And Elf says, don't worry about it. I'll teach you about things. We can learn how to count muggle money and we'll go to football matches and it'll be great. Yeah. And George is like, but you're not supposed to teach me. I'm supposed to teach you. And he starts sobbing quietly. And arms come around him. And it's Arthur. And he casts a charm so that they can't be heard. And he just says, all right, Georgie, it's all right. We've survived much worse. It'll be okay. And he says, I can't bear it. I can't bear the thought of being without you. I'm not independent like Charlie or Bill. Everybody always thought Fred and I were so fearless. But I've... They always had each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not being able to come And they've always been able to pop around home if they Mm -hmm. want to. And Arthur's like, wait, just a minute. Think about this. It's on the flu network. Do you think you're going to be able to keep me out of a muggle house? Are you kidding? As soon as it's safe, I'm going to be living there with you. Come on. It's okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, Arthur. Arthur's so cute. Uh, he's going to wake up one morning and the stove will be in pieces. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> Things will be turning on and off, on and off, mm-hmm. and you're going to see the garbage disposal like overflowing and squirting stuff up. No, I see him feeding forks to the garbage disposal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for that, Dad. Yep. He said, that's my George, my smart, funny, brave, loyal George, who's become quite a father himself. And George says, I had a great example. Oh! I know. Make me cry. <laughs> yes. And then... Arthur casts a sleep spell on him that must be in the dad book of spells or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's called Benadryl. (laughs) It's the Benadryl spell? Yeah, it's Benadryl. (laughs) This one apparently involves chamomile and lavender, so, you know. That sounds kind of good. It does. Mm -hmm. And he falls asleep. And that was his last night in England. And the next while. The next chapter isn't really a chapter. It just says, thanks for reading. This story is complete. And the sequel, which is I Belong To in America, will start tonight. I hope you enjoy it. And so that's where we're ending this podcast. Well, except for our final thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Can I just say one, two, three, Pineapple Street is fantastic. <laughs> it is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Be Slughorn's favorite place. It would be. Slughorn will show up. Sugar pineapple. Yes. Candy yes, pineapple. he likes the candied pineapple. In it. That's always fun. A friend of mine actually bought that and posted pictures on Facebook. And I was like, hey, mm-hmm. that actually exists. Yeah, yeah it's really, yeah. really good. It's good. We make it. It's easy to make with the food dehydrator. I was going to say, Ooh. it's just dehydrated yeah. and then covered mm-hmm. with sugar. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, then what's the point of dehydrating it? It brings well, the sweetness. keeps more. longer. Yeah, it keeps longer. Yeah. And then what you really want to do, you could just put a little vodka on it and get rehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Slughorn was doing. Uh, we thought he liked the pineapple. It's the vodka. It's the vodka. Oh, it's the pineapple. Now we understand. Oh, my. Well... We have decided, I think, that we don't want to end the story here, but we can't do all four of them. So we're going to do part two in America. Giant. Yeah, especially and the last one's 43 chapters. Then <laughs> oh my. we're going yeah. to, hopefully, our listeners will be so enthralled with it that they will finish the series. <laughs> because it really is a I- fun series. And... We'd love to be able to cover the whole thing, but we just don't have time. So starting next week or next time we release, we will be starting with chapter one of We Belong in America. And we will do three podcasts on that. And then we will move on to our next story. Mm -hmm. And as you can tell, we really do like this story or we wouldn't be doing the second one. Yeah. So, I know. And tell the truth, I like the second one the even best. better. Yeah. It's neat it's to see fun. them as muggles. It is. It's almost, it's very plausible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I like who moves next door. I like it. I, you know, mm-hmm. Not who's across the street, though. We don't like that person. I don't remember no, any but... of this. <laughs> No, well, you'll have to. That read person them. across the street doesn't come there anymore, and then another person moves in, and it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, that is kind of cool when that happens. So <laughs> I don't remember it either. I remember some random moments, but yes, Next it'll time. be fun. We're gonna learn about football, or aka oh, soccer, boy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, no, if they're in, if they're here, they'd be talking about football, football. Yeah, but they're no, but soccer. Alf's interested yeah, soccer. in British football, and oh. so he gets on the soccer team. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> we won't talk about that just yet. But anyhow, I love this. I love that 
Alf had to have his moment where he made George so unbelievably mad and lived through it. So that he, well, you know what? In so many ways, he ha- it had to be done. It, it did. was it's a rite of pass. It's it is a rite of passage. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Blowing up the fireworks though probably wasn't the best way to do it. But <laughs> hey, they all survived, yeah. and things turned probably out better. Has his hair standing on end and. Yeah. It'll send you You can see the like the one hair, like it has the little. It still has a little fire on it, and he uh, he kind of like stumps yeah. it out with two fingers. Yeah, I can see that whole scene because you know he's in the stock room and he's putting stuff away and eh, don't care and kick that box and oh no, yeah. <laughs> oh dear, stop. Yeah, it's all in slow you motion. You're like French Ooh. national anthem going. Da, 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 da. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and, yeah, you know, I I like I liked Draco in this story. Yeah, this I redeemed Draco. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's it's not out of character. Redeemed Draco. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's perfectly Love plausible. Draco. I love lush pon- uh, pansy. Yeah, lush yeah. pansy. <laughs> we need we need to see more of lush pansy. Ah, it's flown. That makes me picture oh, a flower bed. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So you know, I yeah, lush. I thought you were going to say luscious Lucius there for a minute. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't like him. But. It's very plausible because I think is this the fic where she he he and Sissy got divorced or is that the other one? No, that's the last one. That's the one we're releasing right now. Uh But I can see Draco falling in love with his son and -hmm. wanting to be a good father and not wanting to be like his father. And so (laughs) probably at some point after having named him Scorpius. Yes. Yes. Well, maybe that was Lush Pansy's idea. Oh, my goodness. Um, and Narcissa's back in the background shaking her head going, why? Why? Why did we arrange this marriage? So, yeah, this is very plausible. A plausible Draco. I really like it. It might have been Narcissa's idea. It's the blacks that do all the star names. I was going to say. Yeah, but Andromeda is- and Sirius. Yeah, who knows? It was a combination of star names and dragons. <clears throat> dragons? Well, I guess scorpions aren't really that close to dragons. But I don't know. Well, it makes me think of serpentine things for some reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Scorpio. Yeah. Well, it was a constellation. I was going to say that's a constellation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Probably. It must be boring whenever that time is. Could be, yeah. Maybe he was born under the sign or something. That makes sense. When is Scorpio? I don't remember. Me neither. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know these things. But I know that this is a good story and that we are going to... Or he could be the year of the Scorpion. (laughs) What? (laughs) The Chinese year of the Scorpion? Yeah. I I don't see Draco going for that one. I'm pretty sure that doesn't exist. Well, because I was thinking how Draco got his name, because I'm thinking, well, he could be a dragon, like in the year of the dragon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or they were looking at the Hogwarts crest at the time and 
pick the first word. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Maybe that's the first word in it's there. Apparently, question. the average for um, Scorpio is between October 23rd and November 22nd if you're tropical and November 16th to December 15th if you're uh, going sidereal, however you pronounce that word. Um, don't know. Okay. Never heard I of that know. word. I'm just going to shake my head shake and nod. nod. Yeah. I guess the Western one is, yeah, between the 23rd of October and 22nd of November. So uh, so that's the one after Libra. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Yep. We're going to finish it out. So <laughs> yeah. come back next time and you'll hear the next part of this story. And thank you for hanging out with us in this. And Scott, do you know the podcast spiel? That you do every once in a while. <laughs> and we're going to bring this episode of Potterfic Weekly to a close. And I have been Scott. I have been Sue. I have been Trisha. And I have been Mooney. And if you'd like to listen to some of the podcasters just prattling on like we do at the first at the beginning of our fic reviews, you can always tune into Point of View Weekly. And you can always join the forum at Potter Fic Forum to meet your hosts and chat and chat with other Harry Potter fans. Or join the Facebook page, which is Poofla on Facebook. Just let us know and we'll add you to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We post fun things there. Yes, we do. <laughs> I was just listening to early episodes of Point of View Weekly this week, so it's fun. Um, It's interesting because uh, Ryan and Danielle just got back from Disney World, and Mm -hmm. then they've just got back from Disney World again. (laughs) Why is Ulrich still up? Oh, no, he fell asleep on the couch, and I didn't want to wake him up. Now he just woke up on his own. It's 11 o'clock, bud. Time to go to bed. You go to bed, too. So good night, Trisha. Good night, Sue. Good night, John Boy. Oh, that's all right. Good night, John Boy. Good night, everybody. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.